0: Hey, New Orleans Pelicans fans, basketball season won't be around forever. So get in all the action now for the last 20 games with DraftKings, the leader in one day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving away new players. New players get a free shot at a million dollars in total prizes. You can claim your free shot at that million in total prizes when you use code TBPN during sign up. That's TBPN, the Basketball Podcast Network initials. It's protecting us with a beef of basketball and flipped around. Get it how you want to get it. Just put that code in, TBPN, to DraftKings. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Pick your lineup, stand on the salary cap, see how your team stacks up. And if you, if you really got the itch and basketball season ain't long enough, they got baseball too. So baseball fans, if y'all missed out on season-long fantasy a few weeks back, hop in this daily action with DraftKings. Again, DraftKings payday comes every day for the players. So what you're waiting for, head over at, to the app, download it now. Download the DraftKings app again now and use code TBPN during sign up. This week DraftKings is putting you in the middle of the action with a free shot at a million dollars in total prizes. That's code TBPN and you can get a free shot at a million dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. It's a minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hey, thanks again, New Orleans Pelicans fans, for tuning in. We have a great couple guests for you today on the Unfiltered Dunks podcast. This is a Protecting Nest production. We have Sasha Claire Vazian, the founder of Music Movies and Hoops. He joins us once a week, uh, maybe sometimes once a month now that he's a new father, to talk ball, talk music, talk coops, and just the life in general of the culture. And then we also have with us today Travel Gaines, a trainer full of knowledge, steeped in life lessons to pass along. Travel, thanks for coming on, please, without giving too much away that we'll get into. Introduce yourself to the fans. Tell them what you've done for years to get yourself into the business, how you come where you at now, and and where you're going. And also, throw your social media handles in there so they can follow your work.
1: Okay, well, first of all, you've got the biggest thing. I'm also a diehard Pelicans fan, by the way. Uh, probably one of the only ones in the world. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but I'm, I'm Travell Games. I am uh, the owner and founder of Athletic Games Training Facilities here in uh, Los Angeles, California. Um, have the pleasure to work with some of the best um, MLB, uh, NFL, and NBA athletes. Um, some of the athletes i work worked with in the NBA include um, uh, Jalen Brown, Jimmy Butler, Pascal Siakam, uh, Lonzo Ball, Draymond Green, and a host of others. Ryan, if Trae I Trey Young.
0: We got can't forget Trey. Trey
1: Young. Trey Young. And uh, been really blessed to just uh, be in this business. Um, I've had a. Interesting road to get to where I'm here now. I'm from Louisiana. I moved here um, in 2008 uh, with actually Reggie Bush With Time Place of New Orleans Saints, and I've been in LA ever since and kind of built my practice from there
2: Fantastic, <laughs> Travel that's amazing man. That's yes. amazing. Well, how, how did you get to LA? So I was a strength coach at LSU okay. um, And I started to train it
1: was after Hurricane Katrina And I was there for Hurricane Katrina, and uh, as you probably remember, the New York Saints uh, is obviously the Superdome and their practice facility was destroyed by the storm. And so a lot of the uh, Saints players started to come and work out with me in Baton Rouge, and one of those players was Reggie Bush. And um, going into 2007, I got fired from my job at LSU. I really didn't know what I was going to do because it was my dream job, and I was 25 years old at the time. I really didn't have a backup plan or option And Richard Bush was like, man, you should move to L.A. you would be the greatest trainer ever, and I didn't see the vision. and I was like, yeah, whatever. And so I moved to L.A., and uh, the rest has literally, literally been history.
0: Well, you mentioned Katrina and having your dream job at 25. That's two different ways to, to I guess, lose out on your current situation. Talk about how the, the lessons from Katrina maybe helped you once you're 25 and lose. Your dream job, but you really gained a freedom to, to do what you're doing now.
1: Well, the, the funny part is is um, I think about Katrina every day. It's, it's tattooed on me to date. Um, I can still I still can smell Katrina uh, wow. to this day. You know, is the the smell something I can never get out of my mind? And obviously, the vision of uh, seeing a a, home, a hopeless community and a community that you know you felt that America did not care about us. Um, And it wasn't a black thing, it wasn't a white thing, I just think it was a regional thing. And I think that, um, for me, it also has taught me to never take anything for granted. I still wake up every day at 4 a.m., I work hard as I worked when I was at that age, and uh, I just don't take life or anything for granted, so I I take things pretty seriously. And um, what Katrina has taught me is to... Never, ever, 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 ever take anything for granted. And it's something, again, I think about every single day of my life.
2: Travell, talking about getting up at 4 a.m., maybe it's Katrina-related, but tell us about how you fell in love with fitness, strength training, athletics.
1: So the funny part about it is I have a very interesting uh, background. I I had no desire to be in the training space, let alone the sports space. I actually wanted to be a high school principal. And so i went to san jose state Mm -hmm. yeah that's what i wanted to be i went to san jose state i was a triple major have a bs degree in behavioral science a b.a degree in history and a b.a degree in sociology and what i wanted to do was become a high school principal prove a concept to where i can go into an inner city school and uh, have a, a deep effect and change on on these students and hire teachers that also want to do the same thing and then i eventually want to be a superintendent but my college strength coach, Kim Sward, um, he took a job at the University of Louisiana Monroe. He approached me and said, "Hey man, I think like you a really good strength coach, and I know you're from Louisiana. And you want to get back home?" Which I did, because my family and my whole entire family lived in Louisiana, and so I was the only one here in California. And so I decided to, you know what? I'll try it. I was going to go to Stanford for grad school, but I decided to go to the oh, University of Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm, I'm a, I'm oh my a nerd. god. I am a nerd, nerd, nerd. Okay, and so, uh, yeah You're genius. They, uh, no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Uh, but I, I went there and I fell in love with it. And just the early mornings have always been up. I think our first group was at 6 a.m. So I would like to get up pretty early and get my workout and get everything set up and just kind of proceed with my day. And I fell in love with being able to help athletes. See, the strength coach is the most important hire to a program because they are the coach that helps the athlete um, uh, build uh, upon the season before so we have to work on if it's speed, if it's agility, if it's strength your position coach can't help you with that because you only get a limited amount of time and hours with them uh, during spring ball uh, or during the summer if you play basketball or obviously during the season so being able to help the athletes reach their goals and kind of uh, putting together strategies for them something that I fell in love with and um, something that I'm still doing today
0: Man, that's beautiful to hear. Uh, I love to hear people want to go into the schools and maybe find new programs, new ways to to reach the kids, new ways to. Uh, uh, if you're in Louisiana, maybe you're familiar with their alternative school program, where it's pretty much if you get suspended, they they section all the bad kids away, bad kids. But there needs to be a different approach, and they need to allow different approaches to to that that part of the education system. I don't want to go too far into it, but. As a trainer, you've, you've got to build relationships the same way you would with them kids. If if you're a trainer with nobody to train, or a teacher or a principal with no students, you're not doing much. So how do you build those relationships, build those programs, and tailor-made, tell, tailor-made what you do to what they need to accomplish?
1: Well, you, you know, Chris, it's a great question because similar to kids in school and getting stigmas of being quote-unquote bad kids or being uh, learning disabilities or whatever they might be, what you have to understand about america america is the most diverse place in the world and i'm talking about you can meet someone from south louisiana who speaks totally different from somebody from northern louisiana you can meet somebody from southern california who speaks an actually different from somebody from northern california and so the regions of the state uh, uh, has caused a huge language barrier um, accent barrier and dialect barrier and just a cultural barrier and so everything comes down to communication so with the athletes that i train I try to figure out what motivates them. Everyone's motivated by something. And then also it's communication. There's some people who they want to be like Jimmy Butler. He wants you to tell him that he sucks, that he's terrible, and he feeds off of that. But but other kids, for example, if you tell them uh, anything negative, they freeze and they don't want to be around. So kind of figuring out, taking the time to figure out what motivates each person. I actually treat everybody differently. You know, I know people say you should treat everybody the same, but you can't. You have to figure out what motivates each person, how they respond uh, to learning, because training is is teaching. Period. That's what it is. You're teaching someone how to do something, and so uh, as long as you can figure out how to effectively communicate uh, to each athlete, you can get them to do whatever you need them to do. And so that's why I think I've had uh, such really good results with the athletes that I train. Uh, The the, typically huge jumps of people that I train when I get with them, and then it continues to sustain uh, throughout their career.
2: Incredible. Do you just like directly ask these people what motivates them or does Never. it happen more organically?
1: Never. Because the funny part is a lot of time what the athletes want sometimes is dictated by what their agent wants or what their team wants or what their family wants. And then a lot of times what the agent wants is sometimes a contract related so it can get them to their next deal. And then a lot of times what the team wants is not necessarily what the player wants to do. So kind of having communication with the team, figuring out what the team wants from your athlete, figuring out communication from the uh, athlete to see what he wants and then figuring out what his agent wants you can formulate a process and then from there you start to really build up hold on someone's at my house and my dogs are barking the pool guy is
2: here oh
1: wow nice wife <laughs> here okay sorry about that guys
0: about hey don't worry we can edit that out but it's still gonna be funny <laughs>
1: maybe we'll eat. Hey, whatever you got to do. Whatever you
0: got to do is fine with me. Well, okay. to, jump, to jump back in on that, you're talking about player motivation. What also is your motivations to stay with it? And how do you, how do you, how do you I guess, what looks – how does it look different from the first time you're training a player to maybe the second offseason you've had a player and you're talking to the team and coaches and you've got more of a network to help him versus that first session where it's really you want to learn about each other. You're trying to learn if they're good at the game or if they love the game, which there, there's two separate sets in the NBA to me. There's a bunch of players Man. that are great at the game, but there's some like Jimmy Butler. You can tell he loves the game, and to me, I think that that difference in building on that. There's only so much you could do as a trainer if the player doesn't have it.
1: That's that's true. The, the, the great part about me, um, I don't solicit or market, so it's not like I'm really out there. And so uh, the great part about me is all the athletes that I train come from because they they want to emulate. Are they like another athlete that I train, or they deal that I deal with? And so, um, for me, it's pretty much the same, man. I'm, I'm still as motivated as I as I was 18 years ago. Um, I still take it to heart. I still take it pretty serious um, when I get a chance to work with an athlete, because at the end of the day, I have to understand that this is the the way that this athlete is going to have sustainability. How they're going to be able to um, make as much money as they possibly can. And the more money they make, the more they can change their trajectory of their family and their whole entire life. And so I take it pretty serious, um, and nothing has really changed. I still get pretty excited when a player signs a new deal, as I did uh, 18 years ago.
0: Travel,
2: I, I want to understand these competing interests. You just talked about you know, the players' desires, the team, what they want from them, and their family, maybe their agents. How do you navigate these competing desires and kind of get to the heart of what's best for the person?
1: That's a great question. Um, it, it's, it's about, again, it's about the deliveries. Explaining to them, hey, you know what? Your team wants you to do this. I know you want to be this ISO, the big thing right now is ISO basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to be this ISO basketball player. And you got your skills trainer as you doing these 27 dribble-move combinations, where now it's about ball movement. You know, the Golden State Warriors kind of set that standard. And so with most teams they want you to get into your shot within two or three dribbles and so um explain to them it's great to have that tool package um of being able to dribble the leather off the ball like a kyrie irvin and, and get a shot up uh but uh your team wants you to do this your team wants you to be a dm three guy your team wants you to, be, you to be a pick and pop player so uh explain to them it's great to have those tools but this is what's going to get you to your next contract and again it's about the delivery and not trying to Discredit anybody a part of their ecosystem you can't discredit the agent you cannot discredit the team you cannot discredit anybody else they're working with and finding that happy medium to where i'm trying to help you improve your conditioning your uh, injury prevention um your rotational strength your explosiveness your balance your single leg strength and and as long as they know that i'm there to help them out with their body um and to put them in the best position they can be in to make as much money as possible and help out their team is, uh, that's
0: what really helps me out with these athletes. So so let's get specific with it, especially since it's a Pelicans podcast. I've talked a lot about Lonzo's first year. It was a silly bet. I bet a face tattoo from a guy named West Bank Popeye that Lonzo wouldn't hit 70% from free throw. And West it, Bank Popeye. You know West Bank Popeye. He sells the glow sticks. <laughs> You've seen the videos. Hey. I did not renew the bet because I saw the progress Lonzo was making, and now he's, he's proven it. He's showing it off this year. I'm so glad I didn't re-up on that bet. But could you talk about a little bit on how you've seen Lonzo grow it, since since he's joined the league, joined the Pelicans? Uh, I'm not sure how long you've been with him, but just that sort of process so we can look at a specific player and, and what, how they work on stuff. I know he's done a lot of work with Fred Vincent on his shot, but so much more of his game has evolved except for that shot.
1: Well, first of all, I want to be very clear. Lonzo Ball is by far not only one of my favorite players, he's one of my favorite human beings that I've ever been around. Lonzo Ball is a phenomenal human being. He's an unbelievably honest person. He's a very transparent person. He is um, a just a fun—I just can't say it enough. He's he's actually very quiet. He doesn't Mm -hmm. say a lot, um, as you probably can tell by his demeanor. His demeanor on the court is similar to off the court. And unless he really gets a chance to know you, once he gets a chance to know you, he's unbelievably funny. You know, that's a funny part. And so um, I think, first of all, people people um, expect Lonzo Ball because he's lived his life in the media for so long to be a certain type of way, which he is not. He's the most non-assuming, out-the-way person ever. He doesn't go out. He doesn't drink. He doesn't party. He just hangs out at home. You know, that's just kind of his thing. He, it's, for him, it's basketball and family. And he's seriously is a uh, big-time family person so as far as his evolution on the court um, it's kind of been a a a village type situation uh coach Vincent has done a phenomenal job improving Lonzo Ball's shot shot that's first of all second of all he works with two skills trainers here in la uh one of them um being uh chris johnson who trains lebron james and a bunch of other really good athletes ben simmons and other players and then he works with um Another guy out of Atlanta. Oh, my God, I feel so bad because I just talked to him yesterday. He's another <laughs> trainer out of Atlanta, and I'm going to remember his name while I'm talking, and I, don't, I feel so bad. But uh, uh, his other trainer also works with Brandon Ingram as well. And uh, I think that combination of Chris Johnson, um, his trainer out of Atlanta, which I feel so bad about, um, and, and Coach Vincent has done just a phenomenal job uh, with uh, with his skills. Um, and then uh, we went to work, and it's funny because we're already planning the offseason for next year. Hopefully they can sneak into that uh, playing game so we can delay our offseason training. Uh, but he's already looking forward to taking the next jump next year, and that's uh, hopefully uh, being in a position to be an all-star.
0: Yeah, his next jump to me takes him to being an all-star. Seeing him with his family and how he's changed just a little bit, just, you know, from being a dad. But he's got a quiet confidence. He's got his priorities straight. He doesn't need to be loud and boastful about it. Alonzo Ball knows where he's going in life even though he might not know his next team, depending on free agencies and restricted and all that. But seeing that from him is one reason why I didn't re-up that bet. And another is why I want to see the Pelicans bring him back for maybe a little more than other people are, are putting a price tag on Lonzo. They need to see him more as people and not as commodities in that sort of sense because there's a lot of gr- lot of room for growth for Lonzo.
1: Yeah, well, if you look at his stats, he's gotten better every single year. And so his, his trajectory is – is trending uh, upwards, and people have to understand Lonzo Ball's is only twenty-three years old, so he has a lot of basketball to play. I mean, I think Lonzo is going to play at the minimum ten more years, as long as he stays healthy and keeps progressing. But he brings a lot uh, to the table. He's a phenomenal teammate, um, and he's somebody that I, love, uh, uh, selfishly, I would love to play. I love for him to retire in the New Orleans Pelicans uniform.
2: Well, we'll see about that. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, well, well. Yeah, he, uh, I mean, he has a phenomenal agent in Rich Paul, and Rich Paul's going to get him the best deal possible and yeah. uh, put him in the best situation possible, if it's with the Pelicans or not. Um, I just want the kid to be happy and be paid what he's deserved.
2: Travell, speaking of Lonzo, he's been on and off the court with nagging injuries. You're the perfect person to ask this question. Do you think the condensed schedule of this year is leading to more injuries? There's been debate about if, if it is or not.
1: You know, it's funny because uh, a lot of players have gotten hurt
2: yeah. Um, LeBron, I really, one of the biggest LeBron, injuries in his career.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I really don't know because I think that Lonzo Ball plays so hard and plays tough. He's a two-way player. He yes. wants to pick up 94 feet. He wants to uh, initiate the offense. So when you have that kind of wear and tear in your body, little nagging injuries are going to happen. So I don't know if I can contribute it to the condensed schedule. Um, the schedule is what it is. I mean, it's just at the end of the day – Uh, Adam Silver has done a phenomenal job with with putting the NBA, which I think is the best league in all of major sports, uh, into a situation and and working with the pandemic and working with what they could work with. So the schedule is what it is. I think that um, teams have to just do a a great job of managing minutes and and, and having a deep roster uh, because obviously when you're playing four games in five nights multiple weeks in a row, that's a lot of wear and tear on the body. So to, to answer the question, I'm not sure um, if it's the schedule or what it is, but they are playing a, a lot of basketball in the middle of days.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think the Wolves right now are playing 20 games in 30 days or something not good. I I, I feel for them.
1: Yeah. Oh, the Wolves, though. So nobody really cares about the Wolves. I mean, oh, oh, Alex, oh Alex Rodriguez sends them to Puerto Rico or something. Nobody cares
2: about the Wolves. Okay? Right. Name
1: five yeah, players on the Wolves. Name five players on the Wolves right now.
2: Go. Anthony Edwards, One. Cat, Malik Beasley, Ricky Rubio. Is he? D'Angelo. D'Angelo Russell. Okay, there you go. I know Rubio. Yeah, Rubio finally made it
0: back from Phoenix. They picked him up for like a minimum contract.
2: Did you guys hear that Anthony Edwards didn't know who Alex Rodriguez was?
1: Why are you shocked by that?
0: Yeah, I'm not shocked by that at all.
2: I'm 33. I, I I'm a red. So- I'm from I mean, from Massachusetts. A rod, the Yankees is something I know so well. So just to think, a younger generation doesn't know about Jeter well, and, and Ray well, Rod. And,
1: well, think about it like this: You're from Boston, so you're probably a baseball, football, basketball fanatic. Yes. Sir. Anthony Edwards is a 19-year-old kid from Atlanta, Georgia, who he's black. Most African American kids do not watch baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, although I did actually play professional baseball in the Montreal Expos organization. Uh, so oh, I'm my the, God. The, yeah. Cool, so I'm a rare, rare commodity. But most kids, if I ask a kid from L.A., if I ask any of these kids coming out of um, uh, high school in L.A. right now getting ready for the draft, it's a pretty good chance they don't know who G or R.A. Rod is. Yeah. Uh, look
0: at how – look at the dynamics between basketball and baseball. Here in New Orleans, I've, I've been back two years. I cannot tell you. Where there's a baseball diamond to go throw stuff around, except for Mid-City Yacht Club, and that's for beer league softball. Like, you don't want kids playing yeah. over there, really. But there's Chris, there's a- there's rims everywhere.
1: Yeah. Chris, I have a crazy story for you. Um, I'm a San Francisco Giants fan, and the reason why I'm a San Francisco Giants fan is because of Will Clark, who went to Jesuit High School, mm-hmm. played for the San Francisco Giants when I was a little kid, so I became a Giants fan. So, very random and very... Uh, Out there, but I was a a Will Clark fan because he was one of the only few kids from New Orleans that was in professional baseball, and so um, that's why I like uh, the San
0: Francisco Giants. There you go. I'm a few blocks down from Jesuit. I can't say I'm going to be a Giants fan anytime soon. But I mean, again, look at Atlanta. They've got the Braves, but they moved the Braves out to Cobb County. They have basically said we're we're not going to market to the inner city. So why would the inner city kids? know about who's playing they don't want to go to a game the game doesn't want them there so of course they got to go to other sports
1: but also you got to understand you know again going back to Anthony Edwards when you're playing that high level of basketball you're playing for your high school then you're playing AU ball year round. so all you really know is basketball yeah you know it's just that's just the reality of it they're not watching football they're not watching baseball they're just watching basketball and that's just the reality of a lot of kids as they get to be uh, specialized they're locked in on a sport uh 12 months out of the year
0: yeah, and you can't blame them for that. That that tunnel vision for their dream is to be commended. When a lot of kids get distracted, hell, a lot of adults get distracted off of what they want to do, and, and they don't have trainers like yourself to keep them on the on the right path. Absolutely, absolutely, Trevell. I'd
2: love to pull all the way out, go huge, big picture, because you work uh-huh. across the leagues. First yes. of all, I heard you say you, you said the NBA is the best league. By far. best sport league. I'd love you to kind of elaborate on why you think that. I agree, but I'd love to hear it from you. But oh. then the follow-up question of that is just in generalities, and I know that everyone is unique and you established how important that is to you in finding the motivations of each player, but just in kind of broad stroke generalities, like are there any commonalities between these, between football players and baseball players and basketball players? Is there any kind of uh, is there any kind of rub in the salt that makes them them? Or oh, not, if it's
1: not. Yeah. The reason why I think the NBA is the best league, again, Adam Silver has done a phenomenal job with making the league a global game. Um, I think it's a player-driven league. You know, literally, players can force them way, their way out of situations, which you cannot do that in any other league. I mean, i.e. look at Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, um, yeah. Um, and I, I just think that the the, the crowds, the, the playoffs, um, how it's marketed, um, TNT, I can't name you who does – I don't know who does Sunday Night Football on ESPN. I really don't know. but ESPN but Chuck, doesn't know right now. There you go. But, but but Chuck, Shaq, EJ, and Ernie has become household names, and they have their own documentaries. <laughs> that shows you how how, how famous uh, basketball has become. Um, as far as similarities, uh, for me, I get, the athletes that I train, no matter sport, are one thing. They're laser-focused on being the best they possibly could be. But as far as how their leagues are ran, it's totally different in basketball. It's totally different in baseball. And it's totally different in football. Um, a football is more so of a team sport. Not saying that basketball isn't because you have to have a solid team chemistry to win a championship. Uh, but I think in the, NBA, in the NFL, um, one guy doesn't make a team. So if one person doesn't want to do something, they get rid of it. Period. Oh, wow. Uh, you can be cut at any time in the NFL and your contract isn't guaranteed. So you can sign a $100 million contract in the NFL. If you have one bad season, they can cut you. We're in the NBA, you can sign a $150 million deal, literally be terrible, and be paid $30 million a year for the next four or five years. That's the difference.
0: Wow. Yeah, the economic realities, uh, I'll write for Forbes, I mostly look at the contracts. The economic realities of the guaranteed contracts and the way they go about, uh, looking at Lonzo again, the way he's going to have to go about marketing himself for a free agent deal, it, it's way different between all the leagues. And I think the NBA's got it right in the fact that they have the guaranteed contracts.
2: Agreed.
1: I wish the, the NFL would do the same thing.
2: But you would say that across the leagues, all the players bring the same laser focus and dedication, equal motivation?
1: The players that I train, yeah. Because okay. uh, I attract a certain type of player. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, laser focus. I mean, whether it's Jock Peterson, uh, mm-hmm. whether it's uh, uh, Devontae Adams, whether it's uh, Draymond Green you get you get very similar, um, you get very similar uh, uh, motivated, dedicated athletes.
0: So coach, I appreciate you dedicating about half an hour for us this morning. We're coming up on that. I just got two more questions for you. I'll let Sasha get one. One is just, w- what do you want to see from the Pelicans this offseason? Did you like coach uh, Stan Van Gundy getting hired? You're a huge pelicans fan. but also, What's in store for Mr. Travell Gaines on the athletic side? Maybe branching out in the media, get you on a podcast, you're going to start your own? What you got? What you got, baby? Well, two-part
1: question. Uh, first of all, I, I love um, I love Coach Van Gundy. I love what he's doing. I believe he's very honest. I think he's great for the media, having come from the media side. Um, I like the, the direction that the, um, the team is going in. I think Trajan Langdon and uh, and, and David Griffin does, does a phenomenal job. Um, I love the team. I'm very, very biased. I see the positives in everything. I've never been a guy that's rooted against my team and wanted them to lose. Um, and so that's the first part. Um, I think they're going to continue to get better every year. They are a very, very young team. And I think if the core group can stay together in Zion, Brandon Ingram, and Zion, and, uh, and Lonzo, I think they can be uh, disruptive for years to come. Um, as far as myself, um, my goal is to actually own the Pelicans. That's my whole goal in life. And everything yes. that I do... Yeah, I mean, uh, hey man, Miss Benson has to sell the team at some point, point. and I think what better person to buy it than a, a local boy? Because the team will never leave; will keep it there, and they will have a lot of New Orleans flair. Uh, the uh, Hoops
2: will back you, Trevel.
1: Thank you, thank you. I would, I would need that man. Put it out there. That is my goal. <laughs> the headline: Travel gains his goal is to buy the Pelicans yes.
0: with somebody <laughs> named A Rod. We don't know who that.
1: No, I'm gonna get a group of New Orleans people together, and we're gonna we're gonna buy the team. Uh, whenever she wants to sell it. Um, but with that being said, I think that, um, I just signed a, a, a huge, um, media deal with Bally Sports, uh, which, uh, is the new Fox Sports. Um, and, uh, I'm putting together a lot of content from the behind the scenes training world. Um, I've actually won three Emmy Awards, and so, um, uh, content is, is right up my alley. It's, it's definitely the direction I want to team to go in. Um, um, I live in Hollywood, so, you know, it's, it's great to be in this environment, uh, but I think that. The next step is um have been really blessed to have some really cool friends that have done some really good things in the business world. And so uh, we are working on a podcast to talk about uh, the, the people behind the scenes, the agents, the power brokers, the movers, the shakers that really affect the world. So I want to come out with a 8 to 12-part podcast uh, focusing on guys like Rich Paul, Maverick Carter, Dwayne Wade. Uh, people are doing huge business moves and really... Uh, Moves and shakers in the sports world that the common fan doesn't know,
2: like ballers but real. Yeah, the real life ballers, but real and like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. I love that. Exactly. I I'll, can't wait. Yeah, for sure. Drew, yeah. my my last question with you. I you you work with my favorite player in the league, someone who I'm just inspired by, Jalen Brown. Okay. I absolutely love him. I believe in him on the court, on the court. My question. I just I just want to hear about him, basically, but. At what point did you know that he would become somebody who could drop 40 last night, would be an NBA All-Star? Where do you see his career going? How good think team can be? And just tell us a little about what he's like as a person, the managing Brown.
1: The day he walked in my gym at 16 years old. So what people have to understand is if someone has a work, a work ethic and they are determined, if you have those two things, you're going to get better every year because if you stay in the gym and constantly get better, you're going to get the results. And so the, the funny part is people think that they're working hard until you get around people that are really working hard. And Jalen Brown is someone who has the desire, the work ethic to just keep getting better and improving every single year. He's very laser focused. He's very seasoned. Um, he is a man well above his age. Um, he's oh, very mature. Soul. Very old soul. He listens to, uh, he actually works out to 80s R&B music. <laughs> so, uh, the Gap it. Band.
0: Please tell me the Gap that's Band it. early in the mornings in that rotation,
1: Man, he has all kind of stuff in the rotation. I'll tell you that right now. He is a uh, a music aficionado. You know what I mean? And so um, that too, Jalen is. He's a great guy. He is very, very serious. I don't think I've ever seen Jalen smile. Um, wow. I don't think so. He's, he's very, very serious and very focused.
0: Well, Coach, we appreciate you being serious enough to take us serious. We appreciate you focusing on the podcast this morning. We're going to let you focus on the rest of your training for the day. Enjoy yes, that sunshine sure. in the background because I'm jealous. Thank you. <laughs> and, hey, we hope to have you back on. I can't wait to hear your podcast series. Uh, Absolutely. Get with me. I hope we can write it up, promote that as much as we can.
1: Let's do it. I
2: really appreciate you guys having me. We'll be swagging you out. I'm going to send you a package. Cool. Thank you so much. It's been a joy talking to you, Thank you. For sure. Have an amazing day, guys. Appreciate hey you. All right, Thank now. you.
0: Bye. Hey, Pelicans fans. Thanks again for coming back and listening to the Unfiltered Dunks podcast with me, your guy Dodson, over at Forbes Sports and Music Movies and Hoops. Just had an article come out. that's profiling your Domus, the guy that did some stuff for Josh Hart shoes. They're both cut and sew. Uh, you know, they're both on the cut and sew roster. So go check that out. Support your people and uh go check out music movies and hoops on twitter and instagram we're giving away a graded mint zion williamson rookie card you know that's something gonna go up in value we got some shirts some other some other uh cards for you so give us a five star review go check us out leave a comment and you are automatically entered into the contest to win the cards you don't have to do anything else but we do appreciate you checking us out thanks again